0: welcome 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 to the call to love experience i am jasmine bellamy your host and founder of love 101 ministries i am a love practitioner a minister and a joyful disruptor with a redemptive imagination the call to love experience is an invitation to join us on a spiritual journey as we examine the theology and cultivate the practice of love. Welcome to season two, the love practitioner's theories in every episode. We'll be creating space and amplifying the voices of love practitioners from various contexts and engaging in a discussion about their life of love and witness how they are putting it into practice. Thank you for joining us. There are three parts to the Call to Love experience. Listen, engage, reflect. We'll begin with a communal reading of tonight's Centering Scripture. Consider this an invitation to rest in God and reflect upon the Scriptures together. Ruth Hilly Barton reminds us that the scriptures are indeed alive and active. We desire to create space for two-way conversation in the presence of the Holy Spirit. Tonight's live conversation offers us the unique opportunity to engage the theology of love. It's an invitation to listen to the dialogue, become aware of what arises up in you and expand your own understanding as we learn from each other. We encourage you to join along in the chat with your questions, emojis, or even an amen when something resonates with you. This is a communal practice, our sacred space that we, are co creating together. We will end with reflection and introspection. We'll take a moment to pause to discern God's presence today and notice the invitations for our own spiritual growth, the invitations to become more like love. Before we begin, I wanna send some love to my Sith Reverend Candace Green, our co-producer holding us down behind the scenes. Now I am delighted to welcome tonight's guest. Dr. Meryl Herr is Director of Research and Resources at the Max Dupree Center for Leadership at Fuller Theological Seminary. She is the project lead of Dupree Center's Advent Journal, Keeping Watch, and a contributing essayist written, and she wrote, Oriented by Hope. Welcome, Dr. Merrill Herr.
1: Hi, Jasmine. I'm so glad to be with you tonight. Thank you for having me. Me
0: too. So before we go to to our our communal reading of scripture, I will definitely say, that this is a particularly special episode for me, selfishly. Um, And that is because you have been such a partner, um, helping me to really become fully myself um, in allowing me to bring my theology of love to business practitioners, marketplace leaders like myself. And so this is the first conversation that we're having in the call of love experience about what is it to engage a theology of love at work uh, or in the marketplace. And so I couldn't have thought um, of a better moment to do that um, with this beautiful Advent Journal. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for saying yes to being a part of this crazy live experience.
1: (laughs) Oh, thanks so much for having me. I I think it's a treat for me too, Jasmine. I think every time I get to talk with you, I walk away with something. And so I see you as this bright source of wisdom in my life. And so I'm just glad the Lord has us in this walk together and that our paths have crossed, um, you know, virtually over all kinds of internet technology and then even getting to see each other in person. So this is so fun. Thank you. Yeah, no,
0: it's a beautiful, beautiful gift. And, you know, I, I just think of how you are like ironing, sharpening iron to me. Um, and, And so that's just such a, such a special treat. So I'm so glad that we get to have this conversation tonight and you get to meet the call to love community. So I'm so glad that you're here. So, I, you know, Meryl and I were talking um, behind the scenes as we began, and we were just talking about, like, the heaviness, the busyness of the day. Um, You know, at work this week, we've been talking about, like, are you finishing the year strong? (sighs) And some of us are just trying to cross, you know, to the finish line um, of this year. And so I just want to name that. Um, Some of us are grieving um, you know, many know that I'm grieving the loss of my cousin this year.'re we're, we're grieving this world um, and the wars that are happening um, and the things that we're that we're watching on a daily basis. Um, so so when we sit in this space um, of a communal reading of scripture, it's it's for us to come um, and be in that two-way conversation between us and God in the movement of the Holy Spirit. So I invite us at this moment, just to breathe, take a deep breath, to slow down just for this moment to make space, to be present. Let's clear our minds and settle ourselves to listen in community together, in the presence of the Holy Spirit, let's approach the scripture open and present, longing to receive a word from God. So tonight's centering scripture is Mark 13, 32 to 37. I'm going to read the first reading from the Message Bible, and then I'll invite Meryl to read the second time for us. But the exact day and hour, no one knows that, not even heaven's angels, not even the sun, only the Father. So keep a sharp lookout, for you don't know the timetable It's like a man who takes a trip, leaving home and putting his servants in charge, each assigned a task and commanding the gatekeeper to stand watch. So stay at your post, watching. You have no idea when the homeowner is returning, whether evening, midnight, Cock crow, or morning. You don't want him showing up unannounced with you asleep on the job. I say it to you and I'm saying it to all. Stay at your post. Keep watch. Meryl, I invite you to read the second time.
1: Thanks. I'm going to read from the New International Version. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the sun, but only the Father. Be on guard. Be alert. You do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge each with their assigned task and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch, because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch.
0: God, who is love. We welcome your spirit into this communal practice. Be with us now, as we come to this place to examine the theology and practice of love. Soften our hardened hearts, stir our spirits that we might perceive and receive your truth. Give us ears to courageously listen, those things that challenge us, open our eyes that we might see, guide us so we grow together in love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, Meryl, I love that we use two different translations. Um but I'm curious, um, whether it was from your reading or from my reading, what came up for you as you listened to the communal reading of scripture? Was there a phrase or a word that stood out to you?
1: Yeah, the um I'm going back to the message. I grabbed mine because when you were reading that, a phrase really stuck with me. Um, for you do not you don't know the timetable. Oh mm-hmm. yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We don't know
1: the father's timetable with so many things, not only his return, but really the way that God is working in the world. We just don't know the timetable. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, as business leaders in particular, and we like to control things, that's a truth to sit with.
1: It is. And I can think of a really live example. So in my role, I oversee some of our big product launches. And, you know, we have a great director of operations and a great team that we work with to collaborate to get something out the digital door, right, to, to people um, to use. And we had a goal of getting a product launch back in, I think it was September, And then September went by and we weren't ready. And so we said, well, maybe October and October went by and we weren't ready. And now we're looking to early January, but still don't know. And so letting go of that timetable Mm -hmm. has been hard, especially I'm very type A. I like to work on a schedule. I like most of my days to work the same. I like to know where my calendar is headed Um, And in a lot of ways, this is out of my control. Right. And so uh, getting on a different timetable can be really hard. It can be really difficult to trust God's timing as better. um, And to realize all of the variables that could be coming into play for the delay. I'm, you know, I'm also a researcher. So my analytical brain's kicking in or what are the 5,000 different reasons that God might be pushing off the time on this or delaying this? Oh, but it's so good to be forced into a place of letting go.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, what's funny as you bought that scripture back, the like, like what I heard so deeply is one of the scriptures that I carry with me, uh, 1 Corinthians 13, 9, we know in part. And those two things go together in in the most um, humbling ways. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: You know, not only do we not control the timetable that we know in part. And so I think those are, for me, sometimes the, the, the two things that we wrestle with most to be able to surrender. And you, you said it, you know, to trust, to trust, to trust, um, you know, that doesn't mean that just because the timetable isn't moving, that, that the team is not working diligently together and all of that. Right. But there's, there's something else at work. Mm -hmm. And so to your point, that the beauty of can I be sensitive to notice that?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Such a good point. That discipline of noticing. Thanks for bringing that up. mm -hmm, mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm
1: Because I
0: I think sometimes it's like, well, if it's not according to my timetable, I didn't I, I slacked off or whatever. No, something else. Is stirring, and can we pause enough to notice it? And and I I think that's what the 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 prayer of examen, you know, our practice at the end is always about: can we notice
1: mm.
0: what is happening in our lives? How 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 is our life speaking? Mm. Um, and so I, I do think that, that I love that you brought that up. That was a that was a that was a good one to lean into. And, and how beautiful of a scripture is this for tonight to really lead us into this conversation about Advent?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you were the project lead on this beautiful, beautiful, wait, let me show it, Advent <laughs> Journal um, from the Dupree Center at Fuller Seminary. Congratulations. Thanks. Because when you talk about deadlines and timetables and things to pull together, and I know I was one of those folks you needed to corral <laughs> in a deadline. I mean, it's, it's a huge undertaking. But I mean, I'd love to hear. You know, now that we're in the midst of Advent, this is week two of Advent as we're as we're going live. Just what what has you know has has what Advent means to you changed?
1: Mm-hmm. Has,
0: led this project or or maybe even something that was really further emphasized. Um but just at the end of the day, you know, what are those, what does advent mean to you? Um and, and maybe what it was like stewarding this journal um to be in all of our hands?
1: Wow, uh we don't have all night, do we? So gosh, those are such great questions. Um I grew up United Methodist, and so we celebrated Advent every year uh, with the Advent candles, the readings, the O Come, O Come, Emmanuel at church, Um, and that was always really special to me. I loved that time because of the beauty of the music and the candles, Um, but it wasn't until I was probably in my mid-20s or so and working in um, a church and helping to lead Advent for a group of people and lead their experience of Advent that I really started to understand what Advent was all about. Mm -hmm. Um, And I love this book by Robert Weber. It's called Ancient Future Time. It's about worship and the Christian year. And I remember reading about Advent and he had this line about, um, Advent reminds us that God longs to rupture the status quo. And I I think he Ah. gives this image, image somewhere of like a stagnant pond that God wants to come stir. And I I could be totally messing that up because it's been a while, but I've returned to that passage a handful of times because, um, because I've, I've just loved that. And over time, as I've deepened my understanding you know, Advent is celebrated concurrently with Christmas in many churches, and um, to realize that in the liturgical tradition, and you know, not everybody follows the church calendar. It just depends on your church tradition and um, what your church practices. But Advent is actually a season before Christmas. Advent's actually like the Christian New Year, and so um, it's it's starting something new. Um, But Advent is actually a looking beyond Christmas to the return of Christ, Mm. which is so fascinating to me. And if you read, um, if you go to the lectionary, which is a three-year cycle of scriptures that are picked out for the reading and reflection of God's people um, around the world, if you read the scriptures that have been chosen for Advent, um, they have this really interesting pattern of like Looking forward to the future return of Christ and this this emphasis on being ready, you know, be watchful, keep watch, but also then coming to how that meets with the birth of Christ. And so um, it's this beautiful intertwining of the hope that we have because of the first Advent and the hope that we have because of the second Advent. And so that's just been my um, my deepening appreciation for Advent. And I think this year, especially, um, you know, I, I, wrote for the journal, um, the essay on hope, um, we went through four of the traditional themes of Advent in the journal this year, which were hope, um, uh, peace, uh, uh, love and joy. And so we have a section in the journal. We have an essay on each of those in the journal. Um, but it was actually an art, an article that I wrote for our website, um, because I was assigned an article on Advent after I had already written so much. And um, I was actually in a really difficult moment in my personal life when I had to write that essay. And I was like, I just don't know. And so for inspiration, I was reading through Fleming Rutledge's um, collection of Advent sermons. Um, Fleming Rutledge is an Episcopal priest. And I think she's in Connecticut now. Um I could be wrong on that, but she has this fantastic collection of Advent sermons and I was just thumbing through um, and I found one called Advent Begins in the Dark. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I need to read this because I feel like I'm in a dark and twisty place right now. And I read it and I was, first of all, she's a master with words. And so um, the language was just fantastic and captivating and the point in the sermon was really resonant with me. Um, but it inspired me to write an article called Advent Isn't Pretty. Um, right. and to talk about how in line with what Fleming Rutledge is talking about, that we really have to um, look at ourselves and our deep need for Christ to experience the fullness of Advent. So that was a little bit of my journey this year. I also had to come back to my Oriented by Hope essay and read it because I needed the message again. You know, sometimes I've heard it. People say we write the things that we need for ourselves. And so um, when I was in a moment that like personal issue where I was really struggling to hold on to hope, I had to go back and read my own essay and ask myself, is God calling me to wait a little bit longer?
0: Yeah. 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 I mean, that that's so um spot on right this idea of you know I, I, when you were speaking i was thinking of Katie cannon who you know talks about the 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 work our soul must have um and so that that i mean that's what love is to me it's it's the work my soul must have and i like i can't not do it mm-hmm. um and it it becomes so life giving me um giving to me because of it and i will tell you some of my favorite things Um, You know, particularly in the Love 101 community, a lot of the stuff that um, the reflections I wrote were in 2019, 2020 through the pandemic. And I I can pinpoint exactly where I was at the time that I wrote them and they ministered to me all over again. And so I love the way you modeled that and shared that with us. Thank you for sharing that part of your story that it does begin in the dark. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, remember um 20, I think it was 2021. Um, I sat with um uh, Cole Arthur Riley Um from um, Black Liturgies, like literally it was about sitting in the dark.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And that was every Sunday night a meditation, mm-hmm. literally the sitting in the dark. And so you're so right. And and I think there's something beautiful. Wow about that invitation that, that precisely right now, mm-hmm. where we are, this is the dark mm-hmm. and that event is such an invitation for us right now. It's not some mm-hmm. super joyous, you know, pretty version of mm-hmm. something, you know? And, and, and I think that was what I wanted to kind of also insert into the conversation that it, it, this, it was not, some um, happy setting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it was in, it was in the, the messiness of humanness. It was in the darkness. Mm-hmm. Light mm-hmm. came.
1: Mm-hmm. You know?
0: So I love, um, I love that you said that. Um, so, so I gave away the little spoiler, right. That I was, <laughs> that I was fortunate enough to also be a contributing essayist. Um, to this lovely journal Um, and it was a beautiful invitation for me to be honest, to write and reflect on what Avid meant to me and in particularly in the context of love, Mm -hmm. you know, I I, I went as far as also developing into it a sermon later which was also really fun. Um, But that idea that, that sometimes we just have this false narrative of what the majors all about, because it sounds like, you know, I don't know, some, a cool story, but that it was in the midst of genocide, like it was in, you know, like this was serious. This was not some, you know, easy time um, that, that Christ broke in Mm -hmm. to our, 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 our Earthly realm. And so I don't know. I just think it's so important for us um, that there's nothing almost more important than right now than Advent for us, given everything that we're witnessing.
1: Mm. Yeah, I think that's so true and so real. And I remember you talk about that in your essay. You talk about the um the circumstances, like the political circumstances that you know, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus were living in and Um, you know, even if we just think, you know, beyond the birth into those, you know, first days of having, even having to like go to Egypt, like that was having to flee. Um, there is, there's just so much there of, um, you know, even from his infancy, not really having a place to call home. Right. And, um, yeah, it's you know our sanitized versions of the nativity leave all that part out right they might get that the the manger was you know kind of dirty and uncomfortable and that the um absolutely that giving birth in that kind of like stable setting was probably horrid and yet there's a whole other you know cultural political system happening at the same time. And so I think you bring that out really well in your essay and it really bookends your essay. So maybe we can, can I ask you some questions about it? And you share with um, the audience, if you haven't read Jasmine's essay, I really challenge you to to do it. It's really beautiful. And, And Jasmine just draws from so many different sources in the article from scripture, from Kierkegaard, um, from other books and thought leaders, from research. And so it's really rich. Um, so I, I'm going to draw a quote that you give that the distinguishing characteristic of the followers of the way is to be their love for one another. So that's that's something that you bring out. And you say, the command to love is not just a theory. It's a calling with real practical application. Um, But then you make us like get serious and practical about it. You don't say it has practical application. You really force us to reckon with what that practical application is. Um, And so you talk about the exiled parents of the Christ child, the injustice and the terror around Jesus's birth. That's also part of our narrative and maybe some different ways, depending on our social cultural location right? As we're coming to this conversation, but you say, but there are real obstacles to practicing love in everyday life. And you, you talk about some of the, um, the systemic pieces, but I was thinking about the article a little bit more as we were getting ready for our conversation. And I'm wondering if we can talk about some of those obstacles, especially as you and I see them in our work, um, some of the systemic obstacles Mm -hmm um, maybe environmental or organizational ones. Um, and then interpersonal, I was wondering if there's some interpersonal obstacles to love. I could probably name a few and mm-hmm. interpersonal, you know, right. The ones that are within us, maybe we, we don't want to name those cause, but we got to bring those into the light too. Um, mm-hmm. what do you think as you think about those four different levels? So systemic, environmental, or organizational, interpersonal and intrapersonal.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's such a rich question. Um, you know, I, I, I want to say something that I think is important to keep in mind, too. Um, I, I remember in my first year at um, seminary and we were in um, I was studying Old Testament, um, intro to Old Testament. And we talked about the exodus and we talked about what it is to be in exile. And one of and I can't remember the the, the author's name right now but the idea was to to not skip past essentially the trauma of being in exile mm-hmm. so if we almost even start backward or you can even you can include interpersonal or in, intrapersonal the the trauma of what it is that is that is in us from being in exile mm-hmm. And to your point, that might mean something different based on your cultural context, but that that trauma is real. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, forget about the fact that I'm talking about ours, but I'm talking about Mary Joseph and their baby Jesus, the trauma that they experienced at being exiles in Egypt, and 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 I and again, we we can sometimes gloss over that. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a real trauma, and you said it so beautifully, like without a home,
1: mm-hmm.
0: without a place to call home. Um, and so I, I think um, I, I want to speak to the trauma um, as a real obstacle mm-hmm. um, or even invitation to love.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, so systemic for sure are any of the systems of injustice that we face, pecanism, you know, racism, sexism. You know, what pick it any of them, ableism, you know, homelessness, any like any of these things that have the injustice um, you know at the root that are are, are creating attention for love. Um, I actually was reminding a colleague the other day, um, Cornell, Cornell West um, Dr. Cornell West, beautiful words, right? never forget justice is what love looks like in public.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So if we think about all the injustice that surrounds us, those are the opposition to love, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then definitely, you know, I, I think one of the other things we start hearing this in, in the media um, when it comes to Thanksgiving and the difficulty of, you know, family relationships and, you know, how to how to keep our peace you know, during the holidays and all of these things. And these are real things, mm-hmm. these are real things. Um, and so what does it look like to be love in, in those kinds of tenuous situations um, That's that could be loaded with trauma? Mm-hmm. Um, and what does it look like to maybe return home to family for a holiday, but with, boundaries mm-hmm. so that we don't allow a further trauma to happen, but that we allow ourselves to um be woven into this community, into this tapestry of love. Um, you know, some of the language that Paul uses. And 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 there's that tension. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I know personally I've I've had to, to wrestle with a lot of those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so sometimes you know, people will say things like, Oh, it's your family, so you have to. And I'm like, Do I? <laughs> do I it like if it's gonna do me harm, do I really? Mm-hmm. And so what is it, what does it look like to not feel gaslit mm-hmm. into? some kind of um, maybe harmful situation, but to to bring love to that, mm-hmm. bring grace to that, to bring mm-hmm. forgiveness into it, to bring mercy. What, a, what is all of that? That's the practical application, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. that we don't go out of guilt, mm-hmm. but it our agency to choose that we wanna be a part because we can have gratitude for the this this gift of family
1: mm-hmm.
0: and understanding that this 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 life that that God has envisioned is not one of of isolation all the time mm-hmm. that it is a rhythm it's a part of it but that we are woven together you mm-hmm. know um and then to your point when when i think about the personal piece of it the real application you know I, I shared at the beginning, at the top of this season, that I dedicated this season to um, the memory of my cousin who passed away mm-hmm. suddenly in July. You know, we are five weeks apart. We've done everything in life together. Um, but I, I'm mentioning her right now because when I um, when I divorced, the holidays felt real different. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I actually had kind of become indifferent. They were just like, it's just another day. Mm -hmm. and I remember sitting in this new space and my cousin was all about celebration Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and how she sat with me in that and like she wasn't going to leave me alone. We were going to find a way to celebrate. So what she did, she invited me to create a new tradition.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know, so how can you reframe the holidays now in in this new season from your personal life. Hmm. And so what I did in 2017 is I started to have Christmas Eve brunch. Hmm. And it's a brand new thing that my kids and I do. And we invite people who've been there for us and walked alongside us in a really special way Hmm. that year. And so it's a revolving guest list every year. Um, But it's such a It's this this loving practice of hospitality to honor
1: Mm.
0: those people who've warmed our home, Mm. uh, you know, throughout the year. And so, um, I appreciated that gift of the reframe, Mm -hmm. Uh, and 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 so that's a personal way that for me, um, I had to kind of push back against. An, an, another opposition, mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. you know,
0: the death of a relationship that that could have hovered over and 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 kept me stuck somewhere, but that beauty of love of others,
1: mm.
0: being love present, being God's presence for me in this walked out lived experience, mm-hmm. transformed what could have been darkness to a whole new beautiful light. Mm. So, you know, it's, it's, it, to your point, it's real, it's real life application, real
1: life mm. application. I love it. It's really beautiful. Really mm. beautiful. Yeah, I loved you. your article so much. Um, and I love this. You, you shared this Brian McLaren quote, um, yes. which I loved. And this question, when I went back and read it again today, and I was like, Oh, this question is messing with me. Right. Like, but in a good way, what would a system look like that was designed to help people become the most loving version of themselves? And that's, that's a different question than what does it look like to love people? Yeah. Right. This is, this is what does it mean to help people flourish? Right. Yeah. To have just a different orientation. And so, um, Yeah. I, like I, like I said, it's messing with me in a good way. Um, Mm -hmm. because it's, it's just, it's more than just showing care, right? Mm -hmm. It's, It's an investment in people's lives. Um, and I know, you know, you've talked a couple of times about how you like do that with your team and people you care about. And I've seen you do that with folks on our team, with me. Um, but I think about okay now. How do I do that with my team and the people that I lead, and um, how can I love them? How can I love my kids well and my husband? And um, it's a it's a different orientation. It's just a it's just a subtle shift with a couple of words, right? I'm curious what are I mean what resonates most with you about that quote? I mean you put it in yeah. here, um, so yeah. clearly it, <laughs> clearly it, you might mess with you at some point a little bit. So.
0: Yeah, and so, you know, it this was one of those moments. I was listening to um Dr. Barbara, Barbara Holmes um podcast and um Brian McLaren was her guest that day, and when he said that quote, it was one of those stop right now, rewind, record and like journal, write that thing down. And when I tell you, I have bought that quote all over with me this year. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I almost every speaking engagement, um, where I talk about, um, leading with love or this posture of mine as the loving leader, I've used that quote, um, to be able to say to people like at the end of the day, and, and, and I love actually the way, um, Brian McLaren talks about it, right? Like if anything, this faith is supposed to be about, it's supposed to be, right? You know, it's supposed to be about love. Mm. So if we start with that premise um, and that's really what, what Love 101 has been all about. It's like, what is it, what does it look like to actually be Love. And and in and, and, and me, you know, my role as a, a joyful disruptor um, with a redemptive imagination, this idea of saying the systems that we've inherited don't have to be how we live. Mm. That we can actually reimagine the system and bring something else to it. To produce a different result. And so for me, what that looked like is, you know, what I know is that when I transformed internally to practice love, that that allowed me to show up differently as a leader. And then as I showed up as a leader, not only did my team change but my context changed mm-hmm. because I decided to operate under a different set of rules.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I didn't just use the marketplace rules that capitalism offered us anymore. And I decided I was going to be loved mm-hmm. in that context too, that it was not reserved for my significant other or just my internal family or just the people mm-hmm. I like as friends. Um, and so that was really what that quote said to me. It, it actually was affirmation to me mm-hmm. of, of what my lived experience was. And so it was li- literally like a hallelujah moment because mm-hmm. somebody else was getting at what I've actually been living and singing and mm-hmm. trying to um, to, to, you know, chronicle and share, Mm -hmm. you know, that's been the whole point of me naming myself a a joyful disruptor is that I was, I was going to be loved. We were going to operate under a new system, um, with new values based on a different belief system and that a different result could happen when we Mm -hmm. do that. Um, and it's just because, you know, to the earlier point, I chose to take the call to love seriously,
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I, I took it, that it wasn't just a sentiment. It wasn't a nice thing to say, but it was an invitation to a way of being.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and I trusted, I trusted that to your point earlier. I trusted mm-hmm. that even when things don't seem great, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Even, even when I am meeting the opposition to love, That I can still be love, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and in the still being love, that really becomes an invitation for the Holy Spirit to enter and transform.
1: Mm. I love so much of what you've said. Yes and Amen. Um, You know, if I can just talk about our work at the Dupree Center a little bit. I mean, you in many ways exemplify what we hope for, right? Like we um, we see. It, that like work hurts people, right? it does it's it's all over the place. work hurts people, people don't have a great relationship with work, they don't have great views of work, and a lot of the reason bef- because of that is because of those um you know systemic issues because of the way their leaders are approaching like managing their organizations and the way that workplaces are set up, the culture that's there. Um, But we've seen it through our research that we've been doing um, that it does begin with a leader taking the call to follow Jesus seriously and listening to that call. And one of the things that was like amazing that we saw in some research we did among leaders is that that call looked differently for everybody. So your call is a very specific call to love and to work that out in the context of your marketplace profession but some other people, their call was very specific to the way that God had wired them. So somebody that worked in communications, you know, brought up how God was the creative word and that, that that's what they latched on to. And um, somebody else talking about, you know, the God of justice is they're practicing law. And, um, and we see it that these, these individuals, they are pursuing following Christ, they are pursuing this Inner transformation all the time, right? It's Mm -hmm. never over, right? We're Mm -hmm. never done with that work. But because they want to lead differently, because they want to show up for their people, and it's so fascinating um, to hear you talk about it and see it done. Because I think, I think that is the way, right? That is the way that transformation is going to happen is when we um, we follow the way of Jesus. Let Jesus transform us by the Mm -hmm. Spirit.
0: Okay. And then,
1: just be obedient in pushing it back against some of those norms, right? And I, I love how you talk about just be different, do differently. Because there's a different way that's possible. Um, yeah. yeah.
0: And listen, I, I think the thing that I've I've also said so many times that there th- there's nothing in this that says that it's not daunting. Yeah. I think people think you know when they hear me talk about love that I think it's you know little hearts all (laughs) over the place. And like this is the hardest work I've ever done. Mm. And and not only is it the hardest work I've ever done, it's because guess what? I don't get to control it, (laughs) right? Like you it's a dance with somebody else. Mm -hmm. And so, and you don't get to control. How they respond, you don't get Mm -hmm. to. You can hope the the most beautiful things for folks, and but you don't get to control it. But can you still be loved even then? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I I always emphasize it. You know that this -hmm. this this work is daunting. It Mm -hmm. it is not for the faint of heart um, at all. Um, But for me, I I am convicted, right, that I will be loved. even in the toughest of circumstances, because um, not only have I seen it transform me, I've, I've seen it transform everything that I touch. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so let I,
1: me ask the follow up there and I'll, I'll bring it back from love all the way back to hope when mm-hmm. it is so daunting, when it is so hard. You have this calling to pursue it, but how do you maintain hope mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: when you're out there doing it? And maybe it's not going well, and you maybe don't see the fruit of this effort to live with love.
0: Mm-hmm. How do you mm-hmm. keep the hope alive? Yeah, I and I think that goes back to trust, mm. right? I, I, it goes very, it goes back to how we started out the conversation, right? I know in part, mm. I don't know the timetable, mm. and so if I have that vertical relationship we were talking about that earlier too um off camera but th- the vertical relationship between me and G- that becomes what gives me a well to draw on mm. even in the bleakest of moments
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know so i mean for myself i think of just this year i, I think of the moment standing at my cousin's celebration of life literally when I say literally by myself, by myself, sitting at the, at the, the head of her casket and nothing could hold me other than my faith, you know, like with the hands outstretched and the other holding myself physically Mm -hmm. up. That's what I could do at the darkest moment for me, at the moment where my life turned upside down and mm-hmm. made absolutely no sense,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and so I just I that's and 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 that is 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 to me the the invitation for us. this is why this kind of communal practice is so important,
1: mm-hmm.
0: so that we have the opportunity to start developing and deepening that that trust that surrender that well
1: mm-hmm. for us
0: that it's our lived experience that it is not just something that we memorized in a scripture as a kid but it it comes to life in us
1: mm-hmm.
0: um and 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 that's really what this community is all about mm. um Oh, this was so rich. And always I feel like I'm looking at the clock and I'm like, how is it over already? <laughs> um, you know, but it's not over quite yet because it this gives us an opportunity to to really transition to what I believe is the most important part. Mm-hmm. The most important part for us to take in all of what we heard just in this one conversation to to reflect on it to give us this this time for introspection. But even before there, I just wanna offer um, an Advent blessing um, to us before we shift Um, because it is this this beautiful season um, where where light enters the darkness um, of our lives. Um, And so I just, You know, bless this beautiful community that has been such um, a a gift to me, Um, this beloved community. Uh, May we see Advent with new eyes and a new heart. Understanding it backwards from the resurrection to birth to grasp more fully, perhaps why love entered this earth realm. And as you keep watch and joyfully anticipate love's transforming power as you become a catalyst for change in your context. May you experience love's presence as you encounter it in others. May love be how you occupy until Jesus returns. As we move into this next phase of reflection, Consider this an invitation to integrate, to learn, reflect and articulate your faith, working through love and an opportunity to put these words into practice. This time of reflection is about increasing our awareness. As we talked about earlier, it's about noticing God's presence in our lives and maturing spiritually through discernment and accountability. So as your day comes into view, spend a few moments thinking about what showed up for you today. Were there gifts, were there blessings, in this day that you might wanna offer thanks for. You know, for me um, today, it's just been the beauty of reconnecting with friends. It's this beautiful conversation with you, Meryl.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's it's my sister Candace, who in the busyness of her life shows up for me It's being able to wake up in my home after traveling um, and and having the joy of my daughter being able to be happy that I'm home. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Also, I love this, this opportunity for petition. What might God want to bring to your attention as you think about your day? How do we ask for light? Light to illuminate the darkness in our lives and in our day. It gives us an opportunity to examine our day and and discern. And I love You know, Ignatius invitation to notice those moments of consolation, moments in our day where we felt closer to God, but also to think about those moments of desolation when we feel furthest away. You know, as we were discussing in the conversation, those moments where we are feeling injustice. And in that injustice, we feel furthest away from love. And in those moments, can we even lovingly hold ourselves accountable for when our behavior was not the loving? You know, there's the Barner study that was done that, that said that that Christianity looks a lot less like Jesus. So that that means we're implicated in that. So is there a moment where you can examine yourself and say, I didn't show up as love in that moment? The next movement is forgiveness. That might look like, forgiveness that we are seeking to receive, it may also be an opportunity for us to give it. The beauty of forgiveness though, is that it also gives us a moment to receive mercy and grace. And after we've reflected on all of that, this is the opportunity for us to resolve to change. It becomes an open invitation for us to start anew and to begin again. And as you reflect on your day, can you discern maybe what God might be up to in your context? Is there an invitation for you? How might you participate in that? How might you cultivate your love practice? Love is a practice, beloved. What we practice, we become.
1: Meryl, can you close us in prayer? I would be delighted to. I was actually thinking as you were leading us through the examine and as we've talked about, you know, God who is God of time and as that relates to Advent, I actually was thinking of a prayer I was asked to write for our church women's ministry and um, when I was writing it, the the theme of time um, was really pertinent to me and came out in the prayer. So if it's okay, I'd like to read this prayer for our I love that. prayer tonight. Mm-hmm. So let's pray. Everlasting God, winter approaches. Daylight is fleeting. Another year draws to a close. And I realize that I am holding on to time and it feels like grasping for the wind. The hours pass. How I long to pause this relentless pace and savor the goodness of every moment. I need stillness in a world that is constantly turning. My soul seeks a second of peace. Help me receive the holy interruption of Advent of Christ coming near to me now in this minute. Make me attentive to his presence. Allow me to sense the indwelling of the Spirit and teach me to long for the holy interruption of Christ's return that will put all wrongs to right and bring me eternal rest,
0: amen. I need stillness. What an invitation and what a way for us to enter this season of Advent. Thank you so much, Meryl, for being here with us.
1: My pleasure. Thank
0: thank you, beloved community. Be well and blessings to you this Advent season and Christmas season. See you next month.